This is Crossroads, the Get Religion podcast. Maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious. Like, why not? And I'm saying that to you, not as some kind of evangelist. I'm literally saying that to you as an Episcopalian. The Samaritans of our time. I'm coming to you from the most humble and lowly theological position you can. I'm literally an Episcopalian, okay? And even I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future, and I hope you will. That's Tucker Carlson speaking Friday at the Heritage Foundation's 50th anniversary gala on Monday. Fox News fired Carlson. Could there be a connection between that speech and his firing? Someone at the publication Vanity Fair thinks so. Here's the headline. Tucker Carlson's prayer talk may have led to Fox News ouster. Quote, that stuff freaks Rupert, that's Rupert Murdoch, out, end quote. Greetings and welcome to Crossroads with Terry Mattingly. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. Terry is Senior Fellow at the Overby Center for Southern Journalism and Politics at the University of Mississippi. He's founder and editor of Get Religion and author of the weekly On Religion column for the Universal Syndicate and the book Pop Goes Religion. Terry, welcome back. Glad to be here. What do we actually know, kind of big picture, about Tucker Carlson's faith, his core beliefs in terms of culture and politics? Well, that really is an interesting question. And before I answer that, I want to point out one thing about this Vanity Fair story, which is really interesting because it's a, it's kind of a one-source story, but when you read it carefully, you read something very interesting. The reporter who wrote the story, Gabriel Sherman, I think got interested in the Tucker Carlson story because of previous research about religion, religious conflicts, religious concerns, prejudices, etc. I think he got to this story through his research on an earlier story about Rupert Murdoch, the czar and titan of Fox News. So we'll come back to that in, in a second, because what we know about the religious worldview of Rupert Murdoch might be more important in this story than what we know about the religious views and worldview of Tucker Carlson. Now, the other thing listeners need to know, and I'm not claiming some sort of insider information here at all, because it's been a long time since we had any direct contact, is that Tucker Carlson, at a crucial point in my life in Washington, D.C., was someone I considered kind of a colleague or at least someone that I worked with in a professional manner. So I want to confess that right up front. When he founded the publication, The Daily Caller, that was right during the period of time when I was running the Washington Journalism Center, and I was looking for newsrooms in Washington that were willing to take my students as interns. Well, Tucker Carlson not only took my students as interns, he hired two of them who became crucial employees, and we had lots of contact back and forth about workers, employees, et cetera, et cetera. And I would also add the interesting observation for some, because it's he's considered a kind of 
loose cannon sort of guy. He was without a doubt the best internship supervisor I had in my decade in Washington, D.C. In terms of his care to observing how interns did and his evaluation of their work and his candor about them. So during that time, I had some contacts with him and we discussed the fact that he was a church-going, believing Episcopalian. At the same time, we talked a little bit about his kind of personal style, which is kind of rough and crude at times, even by newsroom standards. But I would also like to point out that I knew him just not as a friend, but as kind of a professional contact. I knew him during the era when he quit alcohol after struggling with alcohol and with, after struggling with its impact on his life, he quit drinking. And in the midst of that, kind of solidified his own life and has began talking more openly about his marriage and his children and, frankly, church and a host of other things. So we do know that whatever his flaws and faults, and I have no idea what will emerge in the acid bath of this current, it's not not proper to call it a scandal. It's it's more like this strange execution of his career or attempted execution of his career by Fox executives. This is going to get really interesting, and it's really a big deal media-wise. And I can quote a statistic here. If you don't pay attention to Twitter, you may not know this. Carlson was the powerhouse now in the lineup, the evening lineup of Fox's opinion shows. But he put out a video after he was fired on Twitter, just your basic aim a camera at yourself in your basement sort of thing. And he put this out just to make some comments about what's going on in America and our culture, etc. And the viewership for this video on Twitter is 10 times his Fox TV audience size. It's 50 plus million viewers. And that was when I checked it, gosh, almost eight hours ago. I can't imagine what the number is now. So we know that Carlson is a brusque, wild man in the context of the Washington scene and his willingness to talk about it bluntly and I would assume profanely. At the same time, we know the direction his life has curved, at least publicly, in the last two decades. And it's toward being a man who is much more open about his faith. And I also think it's important, especially if you know Carlson as a reporter, he's an excellent reporter, if you know him as a reporter, rather than a fire-breathing TV commentator, you know that he does not fit into the mainstream Republican Party. And some of his early writings on Donald Trump were devastating. Some of his writings about George W. Bush were blunt and candid and caused big headlines. This is not a man who fits well in the Republican Party. I think I would call him a genuine populist, a cultural and social 
populist more than he's a Republican. So what do you make of this Vanity Fair story? Tucker Carlson's prayer talk may have led to Fox News ouster, especially given the fact, as you said, it's not only a single source story, but it's also an anonymous source story. Well, yeah, but it's an anonymous source story from someone who's like done an entire book on the world of Fox and Rupert Murdoch. So when you do book level research, you've got a lot of loose ends out there and you've got lots of people in your speed dial that you have talked to. So, and once again, I want to stress, I'm convinced this reporter got to this story through his contacts, not about this Tucker Carlson firing. I'm convinced he got this story through his contacts about the life and times and religious, how to describe it, the religious views or lack thereof of Rupert Murdoch. So let me pause for a second and play a game with listeners for a second. When I was in the Washington Journalism Center classroom, I used to do an entire day dedicated to the Comedy Central shows, including and especially the Stephen Colbert show. And at that time, Stephen Colbert, of course, was doing a show where he pretended to be a nerdy, wild, right-wing commentator, and he was doing an open satire of Bill O'Reilly. So before we get back to Carlson, I want everybody to pause and think about what we know about some of the other media stars kind of rotating around this, especially when it comes to accusations of sexual harassment in terms of caustic language with one level, but then we have actual sexual harassment and sexual misconduct. So what do we know about the political views of Bill O'Reilly, the person Tucker Carlson filled his slot more than adequately, and Bill O'Reilly, of course, the man who was satired mercilessly by Stephen Colbert. I used to ask my students to describe the political views of Bill O'Reilly, and they will come back with conservative, conservative, arch-conservative. And I kept saying, no, not really a conservative. He's a libertarian. And he's a conservative on a lot of political views, but on moral and cultural issues. Forget Christmas wars for a second. Bill O'Reilly was basically a libertarian. So then I said, what about Rush Limbaugh? And they'd say, oh, arch-conservative, Christian conservative, etc. And I'd go, wait a minute. What's Rush Limbaugh's position on abortion? And they'd all go, oh, he must be pro i go, no, he's not pro-life. He has a long, consistent history of being pro-abortion rights. And he was pro-gay rights. Didn't talk about it a whole lot, but there's a reason Elton John performed at one of the late Rush Limbaugh's wedding. Rush Limbaugh was a libertarian. What do we know about Bill Ailes, the man who was the real creator of the editorial content that blew Fox News up into the megalith that it is now as a power in media. What do we know about the religious views of Bill Ailes? Well, if you do searches for Bill Ailes and religious views or Bill Ailes and Christian faith, terms like that, you get a lot of these things from Google saying there don't seem to be a lot of good matches for your search. I just spent 20 minutes trying to find out something about the religious views of Bill Ailes and basically found out that there aren't any. 
or at least none that I could find by searching. So Bill Ailes, the key creator of the Fox News world, is primarily a non-religious person and thus best described as a moral and cultural liberal who was a libertarian. And this, of course, is another guy ousted for sexual harassment and sexual misconduct, etc. So I think what we're really asking here is, much like Glenn Beck, who was kind of shoved out the door, and Glenn Beck has gone on public, on, gone public again on Twitter, commenting on Tucker with this very interesting comment. When I was at Fox News, I was told not to use the word God on the air. They counted how many times I disobeyed. I don't know if Tucker Carlson's speech about God and prayer was the final straw, but I have a feeling it deeply bothered Rupert Murdoch. Now, as someone who attempted to send interns and stuff to Fox News and stuff through the years, and we ended up dealing with them in terms of maybe some business reporting or business writing potential positions, Fox News is not comfortable with religion. And it especially is not comfortable with expressions of religious conservatism. And I think, I mean, my hunch is that this is one of the factors that made Tucker Carlson's explosive brand of populism something that didn't fit that well at Fox. Yet at the same time, you know Fox is sitting on mountains of data from viewer surveys showing how important their Christian audience and their cons religious conservative audience is to the success of that network. Just as Rush Limbaugh, even if, and I saw unattributed reports, even if he was screening away callers who wanted to talk about religious issues and religious moral concerns, you know Rush Limbaugh knew how important Christian conservatives and religious conservatives were to his audience. So again, if the story here is, was Tucker Carlson a good fit for the Fox News created by Rupert Murdoch and Bill Ailes, I don't think there's any question that he wasn't. And so I'm convinced at this point, was it the cause of him being pushed out? I don't think that's been proven. Is there evidence that this was one of the tensions between Tucker Carlson and Fox? I think at this point that's extremely safe to assume. I also find it fascinating that the New York Times story about this controversy, Tucker Carlson text set off crisis atop Fox on eve of trial, it wants to link all of this to the Dominion lawsuit and all of the kind of crude behavior going behind. It's very interesting that if you read that story carefully, other than one reference to Tucker being a part of having created a hostile workplace, and those claims will be fought by Fox, it's very interesting that the texts that were so hot that they were redacted from the documents linked to the legal research leading up to that settlement it seems like the stuff that Tucker texted that was getting him in trouble 
were his attacks on Fox officials and apparently a very lewd and caustic email or two about a woman named Sidney Powell who he was furious with for her refusing to come on his show and answer hard questions. And Sidney Powell is the brain behind the stolen election dominion voting machines conspiracy theories. So the person he's most in trouble for attacking is someone who was pro-Trump and pro-stolen election conspiracies, which means Tucker, to some degree, is the odd man out in the entire Dominion drama. He's among the people who was most critical of Fox buying into the Dominion conspiracy theories. It's fascinating stuff. We'll see what comes up in any lawsuits. But Tucker clearly was not a very good fit at Fox. So my sense is, and I could be wrong, that Vanity Fair's audience overlaps significantly in the Venn diagram with the New York Times audience. Yes. Why am I not reading about this angle in the New York Times? Why am I reading about it in Vanity Fair? I think Rod Dreher picked it up, basically oh, yeah. quoting the thing. And he finds it extremely credible for whatever reasons, he, journalistic right. reasons he has. If this is a story for Vanity Fair, it's certainly custom cut made for the New York Times audience. Except that the Vanity Fair story, once again, is coming from a reporter who was writing a book and writing stories going after a much bigger fish than Tucker Carlson. He was going after Rupert Murdoch. And specifically, the reports that Murdoch's recent engagement to a fiancé, let's see if I have her name here, Anne Leslie Smith plays a crucial role in the Vanity Fair story. And the writer for Vanity Fair alleges that what broke up that potential marriage, I don't know what number that was for Murdoch at this point, what broke up that marriage was her religious views being so strong and overt and blatantly Christian, and that some of the things she said that resemble some of the things Carlson is said in the van in the speech the other day, that there's a lot of similarity there, kind of apocalyptic language about evil in our culture and evil related to certain social movements, in particular trans rights, and that this is the sort of thing that would make Rupert Murdoch extremely nervous and even upset or angry. So why aren't you reading about it in the New York Times? You're asking why the New York Times is not writing a story that includes a point of view that is kind of sympathetic to Tucker Carlson and takes seriously that religion might have something to do with this other than, say, sexual harassment and or sexual misconduct? It's very obvious at this point that the Times would much rather go with the latter than the former. And in fact, let's watch the Times reporting here over the next couple of weeks if they continue on this. I bet it's not going to be hard to spot signs that some of the material that the Times is using is coming from people still inside Fox. I don't know where they could get some of this information except from the legal teams on both sides or people at Fox. I wanted to come back to that Glenn Beck tweet that you had mentioned earlier, and that's some 
pretty significant corroboration given the fact that Beck had a relationship with Fox News. It could speak maybe now after his NDA has run out yes, about exactly. what was really going on and how he was kind of being edited. And Beck is not dealing with low-level producers and things like that. He's dealing with people who are the upper echelon when he's at Fox News, Correct. right down from the top floor. So how significant a corroboration journalistically is that? Well, I've read quite a bit about the mystery of why Fox doesn't do more with religion. And I, once again, I think I should be honest here with listeners. About a decade ago, I was a part of writing a proposal to Fox News to create a show on religion news and never got to a contact. I was in the Fox building at one point talking to people about this. There was no interest there. I think another very interesting anecdote about this comes from that piece by Rod Dreher, where he talks about the fact that at the height of the Catholic sexual abuse scandals, and when he was in Dallas, a Fox reporter came down and met with Rod to get briefed on this, since this was a story Rod had been covering for a decade. And Rod has put this in print several times. During the midst of this conversation with a Fox reporter, he said, now you can't cover this story without knowing how it fits into the battles between liberal Catholics and conservative Catholics about whether or not there is a network of covert homosexual culture in the Catholic priesthood and in seminaries. And Rod says the Fox reporter just waved his hands in the air and said, no, I'm sorry, I can't cover anything related to homosexuality. I can't recover anything related to sex and religion. In fact, they don't want me to talk about religion at all. Anything that has to do with cultural issues like that makes my Fox editors extremely uncomfortable because of how that will be viewed in the network. Now, I think most people who hear that would think that's exactly the opposite of the common perception of Fox. But is it? Or is it the fact that Fox has, look, for rating sakes, perhaps as anything, Fox has any people on it coming from a religious or cultural conservative perspective? How that would then compare with the major networks, with CNN, with MSNBC, etc. So I think we really need to be looking at Fox with a degree of skepticism here about whether or not the religious content that made it onto the network was kind of there in spite of the management and in spite of key producers and people that, you're right, that Glenn Beck would know extremely well because he's someone running a show and trying to find out what subjects he can put on the air and what subjects he can't put on the air. Once again, I think at that point you have to look for the difference between people being cultural, moral populists as opposed to being libertarian conservatives or, frankly, being Republicans. There are a lot of people that I admire who are people that I consider moral and doctrinal conservatives, but they certainly don't fit in the Republican Party and they certainly don't fit in the Democratic Party. They're people without a political party right now. This 
raises the question, is Tucker Carlson a man without a natural political party? If that's the case, what we really need to look at is whether Tucker Carlson is a natural fit in a new structure created by someone like Roger Ailes, someone who is clearly a libertarian or something. And by the way, I apologize for mispronouncing Ailes earlier in the newscast. Apparently, I don't learn how to pronounce things because I read so much instead of listening to things on TV. But anyway, Roger Ailes is who we're talking about. So talk about Tucker Carlson and the thing that probably got him in trouble before he was even fired. Yeah. His willingness to talk about topics that were not being covered by others in the news media, not okay. only in speeches, but on the air. Yeah. Let me give you an example because it's something that I've been watching carefully, and we've, I think, done a podcast or two about it, at least one I know of. Name anyone else in American media who has done reports on what's happening to the Orthodox Church in Ukraine right now, in terms of churches being burned, attacked, closed down, monks being kind of locked behind gates and having to give Holy Communion through gates to the to believers and stuff. In other words, the battle between the pro-U.S., pro-Europe, newly created Ukrainian church and the historic Ukrainian church, which, yes, for decades was aligned with Russia and before that the Soviet Union and before that just czarist Russia. That church, yet that's also the church that we've talked about on the, sh on the show, is also the one that now is doing everything it can to cut its ties to Russia, is no longer in its Eucharist commemorating the Patriarch of Moscow or of Russia. They've changed their prayers. They've changed how they create holy chrism for certain rites. They're doing everything under Orthodox law that they can to, to show their disfavor with Russia and with the Russian church, quite frankly. Who's the only person who has put that story on the air? Tucker Carlson. Who is the person who has been probably the most active in putting material on about religious liberty battles linked to education, trans rights, workplace discrimination on the base of religion, et cetera, et cetera? Who's been the person who's put that on the air more than anyone else? Tucker Carlson. I'm looking at a headline right now for a story I hadn't seen until just doing another search at this moment. Lovely headline at Rolling Stone, another liberal publication. Satan fired Tucker Carlson, comma, right-wing Christians say. Well, if you flip that headline over, I think you would say Tucker Carlson has a lot of very conservative Christian viewers and supporters, and they're very upset about him being fired, and they think religion had something to do with it. For Rolling Stone, that's Satan fired Tucker Carlson, which might have been someone saying, I believe it was evil that he was fired, or I can imagine the things. I'm going to read the article here in a while. But my point is, Carlson wasn't a normal Fox News conservative. There were a lot of populist stories and frankly, wild stories, weird stories. Of course, a lot of them related to COVID and stuff. And I'm not saying that I agreed with Tucker Carlson uh, 
on half of those subjects or, or whatever. But every now and again, I must admit, I have watched some the viral YouTubes of some of his remarks in which he has taken the Republican Party apart, has just dissected the Republican leadership. And that's not normal at Fox. Terry Mattingly is Senior Fellow at the Overby Center for Southern Journalism and Politics at the University of Mississippi. He is founder and editor of Get Religion and author of the weekly On Religion column for the Universal Syndicate and the book Pop Goes Religion. Terry, thank you very much. Glad to be here. I'm Todd Wilkin. I'll talk with you next week. Thanks for listening to Crossroads with Terry Mattingly. Crossroads is a production of Get Religion part of the First Amendment projects at the Overby Center at the University of Mississippi. If you appreciate this podcast, please make a secure online tax-deductible donation at getreligion.org.